Good afternoon, Ray. Good afternoon, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. Hey, it is Tuesday, June the 2nd. Still. Yeah. <laughs> so, let, let's explain what's going on here. First of all, welcome back to Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Yes. This is number two in an unexpected two-part series. Right. So, we were talking about recording another episode because we were just so jazzed up today. Right. And we were discussing what topic, and I, and you could probably tell if you listened to the first part in this series about trade value, that I wasn't really satisfied that we had said all we could say about the subject. Right. Well, you were looking for that to be the core. Yeah. And I thought it was just one of the things we were going to cover oh. as we were listing out our list of... Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That okay. was what happened. Well, there's a so, huge miscommunication. Yeah, and I thought we had kind of touched on it in one of the parts of the other, and we, we you know, we got to the end, and you're like, well, well we gonna we're, yeah, we're 40 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about the very thing we were going to talk about. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, we kind of did, but yeah, let's do it. Okay, so to clarify for everyone and you, what I envisioned, I think I said this last time, was a little, you know, five or six minute opening kind of monologue of current events, things right. we had seen on LinkedIn or social media. Right. And then a, you know, 15 to 25 minute bulk of the topic, and then maybe a little closing talking about what we're going to talk about next. Right. But for my clarity, yeah, we're not going to do that this time. Right. Cause we no, kind of already yeah, covered yeah. Right. the uh, five minutes in the first yeah. 40 minutes yeah. of the last one. Yeah. So that's, yeah, so, so, that, that's kind of your mental, you know, this is how you would like to see these type of all of our podcasts go. Yeah. To, yeah, to follow. Cause I think we all, when we first get together, we talk about what's been going on, what we've seen on social media, and we kind of talk for 30 minutes before we even hit record. Right. Or, or we'll talk for 10 minutes and go, you know, you know we should, re we should start recording. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but so, yeah, I guess I was just saying that's how I would like to see the episodes kind of frame out moving forward. Okay. Uh, it's just an idea. We yeah, don't have to, but yeah. I, we could try it. I would say more often than not, there are going to be those unique situations where the topic kind of demands uh, a little different format where we just dive into it. Okay, fair enough. All right, so now that we have that out of the way, yeah. what we're going to do is continue the conversation and perhaps even release two episodes today, right. at least today and tomorrow, uh, about trade value and how do we address the question, what's my trade worth? When we're working an internet lead, a phone lead, a digital deal, you know, a digital retailing deal, remote sale, whatever you want to call it. Right. If they're not in the showroom and you get this question, how can you effectively handle it so that you can move forward in the deal process? Correct. And I think it, it is a driver to getting them in the dealership. Yeah, you know, that's it kind doesn't of have to, you know, be the in conclusion at that point. Yeah. Because we need to have that fluidity to be able to continue online as far as they want to go, especially in the digital retail swing. Well, let me say two things about this, and I believe you'll agree, is number one, we want to help and allow the customer to go down uh, the road to the sale as far as they are willing to go. Correct. And if, if that means that they want to do that remotely from start to finish, from meet and greet to pick up your car, that's fine. We will work a deal that way. Sure. However, it is our preference that we are face-to-face -face as soon as possible. Sure. 
So if we can have a meet and greet on the phone and say, you know what? It sounds like it would save you some time to come on down here and let's just kind of hammer this out real quick. Right. Then, you know, we'd prefer to, within five minutes, have an appointment and meet face-to-face. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Strong if, phone skills yeah. or internet follow-up skills or whatever the case. Yeah. So I guess that's two ways of saying the same thing. We will work a deal start to finish over the phone. Right. But we would prefer not to. Yeah, no, we, we want to offer because we truly believe it's in the customer's best interest to come into the dealership. So that's what we're going to encourage. But if they know, absolutely not, this is what I want to do. I need to find some more information before I'm willing to come in. What's my trade worth? If we're at that point in this discussion, what do we do with that? So that's basically what we're going to cover now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So again, as we discussed last time. I, I, like, think- I like how you kind of smiled at me there. But I feel like that was a smile for when we were on camera. Oh, really? <laughs> it was very no. genuine. But like one of those, you know, That's you're like, being filmed. We're not being filmed. It's like saying I can see by the look of you on your face. Right, right, yeah. I, I didn't know I smiled. So okay. I don't know. Uh, the smile meant nothing, Ray. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of got a warm feeling, of, you know. Oh, no, John smiling at me. That's exactly what I intended it to do. <laughs> yeah. I can see by the look on your face, you're really enjoying this. So I completely disrupted your train of uh, thought, John. Yeah, no, I think we said the last episode, we want a range. So, Correct. you know, how we determine that range is the software tools normally. You know, 95% of the time, we're going to ask for a VIN number in miles, right? right? And give me some kind of idea of the condition. All right. And we're going to plug that in. I mean, I don't even need condition because I'm going to give them rough book and absolutely immaculate book. Right. You know, as my two parameters. So, but but really, I need a VIN and miles. So let me kind of probe on this topic here. All right. Um, is there a an amount that you would say it need that range needs to be within like three thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, or can or can it be? You know, anywhere from nine thousand to fifty-two thousand. Right. Right. I mean, um, I would think it would need to be, in my mind, a reasonable variance would probably be, I would say twenty percent. Okay. So I'm thinking the reason I came up with that number is say on a fifteen thousand dollar trade, that's going to give you plus or minus three grand. Right. It seems about reasonable, but without being misleading, I really want this to be. A big gray area. There are two things I want to accomplish, and I wrote this down. I want the customer to have the opinion of two things when they get through talking to me about trade value, and it's an either or. I either want them thinking, wow, that's more than anybody else has offered me, right? so I'm going to come see you, or two, I want them thinking, this sounds like I really need to come down and see you. Well, so this is more than anyone else has offered me. Yeah. So you're assuming that they're going to be looking at the high number. That's exactly right. Is that No matter if I give them a range, let's say we're talking about a, an ACV of 15 grand on this right. used car. And I give them a range of, well, it's somewhere 13.5 to 16.5. Is that three? Yeah, 13.5 to 16.5. Right. They're automatically going to go, wow, he's offering me 16.5. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. I mean, they're going to. Right. Now, add into that, well, I mean, maybe this is something I wouldn't throw out right up front, 
But, you know, if they're, oh, well, 16, well, so-and-so offered me 17 across the street. Right. I might say something like, well, you know, these are just estimates. You know, I mean, I, my manager really, really loves Nissans, and I, that's what you have. Oh, yeah. I mean, he might be willing to put 17 or 18 in, and I don't know. Right. You know, you, I, I've seen him go as high as two, three thousand dollars over the high right. end. I mean, you know, in some cases, and I can qualify that saying, you know, obviously, I don't want to promise you eighteen thousand, and then you get here, and I can only give you sixteen, and then you're mad at me. Right. I, I don't want to go down that road. So I'm trying to be conservative, saying thirteen five to sixteen five. But you know, hey, let let let's see where we can get on this. You right. know, if. I promise you this, sir. We are not going to lose your business over the dollar amount. Oh. You, you will not say no to this deal because you don't like the figures. I promise you that. Wow. That's a strong promise. Yeah? I like it. Well. That's a great word track. Well, I mean, normal. I mean, I can right. pretty much get to any figure. Right. <laughs> yeah. I can you, make it look any way you want on the paper, sir. You mean, want what, where, where, where do you? Here's the total. How do you want to divide that up? Well, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it goes down to let's say we're looking at a uh, we're trading in a 2015 Nissan Maxima or something. I don't know, and uh, we're looking at a a brand new Cadillac CTS. Right? Now, what, All how right. much does that car cost new? Sixty, eighty grand. Yeah. Okay. Do you think I can find three grand in the price of a Cadillac CTS to show an extra three grand on the trade value? Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, All right. So let me ask you another question. All right. Um, Who needs to be involved in providing that range? Well, obviously, it has to be a sales manager. Okay. And... When I say sales manager, I consider like a BDC manager or an internet manager to be a sales manager. Right. I think those people, you know, unless you have a person in that role that you don't feel comfortable allowing them to work a deal, yeah. which is would be sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially nowadays. Yeah, get them there. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you got a BDC manager that has to run to the tower every time he's got a question about numbers... That's you need a better BDC right. manager, or you need to I do mean, some we, training. We can put some, you know, uh, restrictions on him, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, if if you really want just your desk guys to be working all deals, mm-hmm. but it, at least in the range department, G- give him a V Auto login and right. let him give a range. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, okay. and you know, give him the training where he's not. Backed into a corner where he has to say, "Sir, I would offer you thirteen eight fifty two." Right? No. Yeah, um, we, we we wouldn't want to do any kind of firm numbers from any yeah. department. And, right? and, and I think your best used car manager is going to say, "Yeah, man, you know, I mean, uh, you want a range? I'll give you a range, but God, until I see it, yeah." Well, and the way I would approach that with the customer is to say. Look, sir, the range that I'm seeing that those cars are trading for is 13.5 to 16.5. Now, if you absolutely want to know what I would flat-footed write you a check for right now, I would say 11,000. But right. know, I, I hate to say that because if I give you a number that's too low, you're never going to come down and give me the chance to give you 17. Right. But if I say 17 and you get down here and it you've got four bald tires and the engine knocks and the left rear quarter panel smashed in, well, now i got to give you you know 12 and you're upset with me because I told you 17. So right. it's a no-win situation for me, sir. Right. But I'm telling you that you know what I have seen in similar vehicles is this range, but I would certainly love to give you more. 
Now, how do you see that working with regard to beginning to end, working a deal digitally? Then I think we have to put a firm number on it with the caveat that we understand uh, everything about that vehicle. You know, that if there is a scratch, you send me a picture of it. If there's a squeak, you send me a recording, you know. I mean, within reason, right. I'm going to commit to giving you a check for a certain amount and to working this deal with this exact amount. Right. Under the presumption that when it gets here, it's exactly as you say it is. Yeah. Because Which, which is the same way we're kind of asking the customer to do with us. Right. You know, especially if I'm selling you a used car, I'm committing that I'll sell it to you for twenty five six. But if you show up and you don't think it's worth twenty five six, well, gosh, there's nothing I can do about it to make you buy it. Right. Well, it reciprocates back to the to the dealer as well. Is I'm under no obligation to buy your car at sixteen eight if it shows up and I think, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. That's a ten thousand dollar car. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we're kind of this is all a theoretical right. what if right. discussion. Yeah. And there certainly are those tools that will, you know, kind of buy it now, uh, give you a quote based on your accurate depiction of what your vehicle really is. Here's the number I can give you. However, I believe we could do better, or there's a strong possibility we could do better once we're able to lay eyes on that vehicle. Right. And you could use that both ways. I mean, you know, you can you can go low and say, sir, you know, all I could, I mean, this is, this is not where I would start the conversation. But if you've tried four or five times and TO'd it and, you know, yeah. three people have talked to it and we can't get past, I want a firm number for what you'd write a check for. Right. Then you may go to the low end and say, you know, I'll write you a check for 12 grand. I can commit to that. Right. But I'd much rather give you 17 if you'd show up. Yeah. Well, and I think the most important thing in the maintenance of the digital component is... We keep the conversation going, right? We, we keep forward, right? moving Maybe down so. the path. I agree. Right? And, you know, I mean, at least we can say, all right, well, then, you know, so we've agreed on our price, and now it's just a matter of coming with that firm number on yours. Here's what I need back from you, pictures, whatever, right? I mean, all the... And, I mean, let's face it. In all of this digital retail world, right? we can commit... To, you know, through the software or through a phone conversation, we can commit to a deal that sounds fair to all parties involved, but that deal, no party is under any obligation to follow through with that deal if at some point they discover new information. If anything was misrepresented by, yeah. by you know, fault or by choice, right? I mean, Absolutely. If- so, so. You know, while I don't want to be deceitful and I want to certainly keep my CSI score in mind, morally, I don't see a problem with saying, sir, you know, your car is 13.5 to 16.5. And then they get there and I say, whoa, 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 I can only give you a nine. So, so let's move kind of forward in this, assuming that we can all agree that a range is the best approach to this and not an exact figure. Well, at least everybody here. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I agree. I Do you ex- agree? I do. Okay, so we all agree. <laughs> I don't think that we will get pushback from any listeners no, on that. I, I don't as well. But so that's step one. Step one is give a range. Where do you get the range? Well, it's from your software tools. Right. You know, all right, hey, even if you're old school and you got a damn black book, it gives you a range. Sure. Right. 
what is it? Rough, fair, and clean. Yeah. yeah. So let's move down the path to what would be our perfect world scenario is I get the customer in the store. So a couple of the ways that we're, that we can tr- attempt to do this, a couple of ways that we can, you know, overcome the, well, I don't want to come down. You know, I want to shop from my couch. Number one, it's going to save you time. Yeah. Because I don't have to go talk to my manager and, blah, you know, do all this. I don't have to do all this legwork and send you an email and send you a text right. and then send you a picture of this and then send you this document. And then you come back to me and say, well, what about this on this document? You know, right. it, that can take two or three days to go oh. through all, you know, because we're and, doing it at our convenience versus, okay, everybody's here in the room. Let's get this hammered out. And what I found is a lot of times the frustration of information going back and forth and back and forth and I've got another question and now you've got another question. I'm responding to you is is the great caveat to the value of just coming down. You understand what I said? I don't understand what you mean by it's the great caveat. So it's it's the reason. It's an obstacle? No. Uh It's, you know, because they're experiencing frustration in the fact that well, I sent you information. Now you're sending me another question. I've got to send you more information. Now I have a question. I got to wait for your information. And they're starting to get frustrated with the back and forth and back and forth as well. Yeah. And sometimes it's 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 the customer great, that says, well, you know what? Why don't I just well, come down? I, almost. Or they're very <laughs> relieved when somebody finally says to them, you know what? We could take care of all yeah. of this. Do you have you ten know? minutes? Yeah. If, if this back and forth is frustrating to you, please let me offer you the opportunity to come down here on an appointment. So that we could take care of what's taking us a couple of you know hours or days here in just a few minutes. Would you agree? Say that again, Ray. That's a good point. <laughs> no, no. Oh, it's just code no. for John. We totally zoned out. No, yeah, no. He's, he's I, I totally heard everything you said, and yes, I agree that the customer could be in a position where uh, they're relieved to hear the question, "Would you like to just come down?" Right. Certainly. Now I was going through my notes, and it was uh, we were going to move the conversation toward how do you ask for the appointment, uh, but I noticed all my notes were about value, right? You know, like the customer says, uh, "Well, you know, somebody else is offering me more." Right. Well, okay, you know, I, I could go up above what they're offering. Right. But, you know, the, I would love the opportunity to do that. Of course, I would love to see it before I commit. Right. You know, again, for these other reasons that I don't want to commit to too high of a number and then I can't give you that. So what do you think about the word track? Um, you know, was that provided to you in writing from a manager or verbally from the salesman? I don't like it. Yeah. Um, I think that it, instead of, you know, this principle of you always agree. Right. I think it's uh, questioning the morals or the information the that validity, the customer has. Yeah, at least. Yeah, either the validity or the uh, you know the morality. Like, of are the you other are dealer. you li- no 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 of the customer? Oh right. Are you lying to me? Did you really get that number? I think it comes oh, across that way, yeah. but it also comes across as. Uh, I don't think it challenges. Were I, they lying to you? I, I don't. Right. I don't think it were were necessarily challenging. Or that it would come across as I'm challenging the integrity of the customer. I think what I'm what I'm doing is putting that doubt in their mind as to is this a real number that they're actually going to give you, or is this just some fictitious well, number see, I, that I they're bait and switching it, you on? I think it creates um, adversity between you and the client, right? 
That's, I th- that's I think what it, I don't like about it. It puts them in the position of defending, quote, their number, right. which is really another dealer's number. Now you've got your customer that you want to do business with defending another dealer. Right, right. That's so, what so I don't like So now they're on the that. same team and you're an adversary. Yeah, right. I don't like that. No, right. So but I, 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 again, I think we it, go about it like assuming that... Uh, that number's real number and, yep, that's yeah. what we got to compete against. Yeah, and, yeah. and it sounds reasonable to me because I'd probably give you more you know, yeah, I'd love to give you more. Right. Matter of fact, I think I will give you more. Yeah, nine out of ten times, yeah. our price on trade or trade value is well above our competition. Right. I mean, we we go up against our competition every day, and well, nine out of ten times, I'm providing more. And a couple of lines you can use here. Say you're a big dealer. You can say, you know what. We deal with a lot more volume than they do. We have a lot more resources. We usually put more money into trade-ins than they do because they're a small little rinky-dink operation. Sir, I'm kind of a big dealer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you've heard of me. I'm kind of a big deal. Then on the other hand, if you're a small dealer in competition with a large dealer, you can say, you know what? Think about all that overhead they have. Have you seen their ads? Their ads are everywhere. Do you think they get that for free? Right. No, they got to give you less so that they can make up for all their expenses. I put all that money into my trades. Yeah. But this goes back to branding. No matter if you're large, small, uh, you know, different brands, different makes, whatever, you are different than the dealer across the street, the dealer you're in competition with. All right. So if we can accentuate those differences and determine why the customer can benefit from those differences. Oh, yeah. Then then we have a proper sales pitch. A proper we, sales pitch. What do you call it? Something about value? Right. Your value proposition? Oh, or? yeah. Your value proposition. Yeah. Your unique selling proposition. There you go. That's the one I'm looking for. Absolutely. Yeah, so we all have a unique selling proposition, Absolutely. and it's the duty of a professional salesperson and professional sales manager to identify what is their unique selling proposition right? and accentuate that with the customer. I mean, shit, that's all sales is. That's all it is. It's saying, buy from me because it's better for you in this way. Absolutely. End of discussion. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Write that down. If you you want to play it back, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for a minute. I'll pause talking. You hit the rewind button and come back. The rewind right. button. You think there are still rewind buttons no, in the world? There's not. There's that backup thirty seconds button. Right. Yeah. Mm. Welcome to 2020, John. Woo, baby. All right. So what else you got on your pad there? I was thinking of a of a word track. What comes to mind recently here or in our current market is low inventory. We've talked about how the manufacturers are not going to be sending out new cars, but we haven't talked about how used car inventories are deplenished as well. Uh, a lot of dealers have not been sending their used cars to auction right. because the auction prices have been so low, which means the other dealers who would normally buy those cars can't buy them. Right. They're so not that, available in the marketplace. Yeah. So if you're selling cars and, and not taking in just an equal amount of trades, then your inventory is lower. Yeah. Uh, but for everyone, the ability to bring in new used inventory is is low. So I for don't that agree re- with that. You don't think so? No. You think that the used inventory has been flowing like normal? No, not like normal. I think there's been a backlog of used inventory. 
I think that's one of the reasons. It's just pure supply and demand. It's just sitting out there? I think there's been a lot of inventory that's been sitting out there that because the prices have dropped and the people who are trying to offload this inventory, yeah, there hasn't been as much purchasing of inventory as there had been. And So do you think it's fair to say to a customer that because of COVID and everything being shut down and even the auctions have been shut down, that our inventory is lower than normal and harder to get than normal. And for that reason, we are offering more for trades. Yeah, I mean, I, I always take the position of, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we're, we're in desperate need of additional quality pre-owned vehicles on our lot, right? I mean, yeah. just that, that basic word track of, hey, you know what, we're, we're in need of inventory right now. And plus, not and to mention, I'd, I'd rather buy it from you than buy it from the auction. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, the old adage, we, I didn't even mean to get into this, but we can, is I would rather have a car that was bought new here three years ago oh, and serviced here yeah. from a customer that's done business with me four times than to go out and buy a national rental car right. or a Hertz rental car that's been in Jersey. Oh yeah, and then they brought it down to Atlanta to sell at the auction. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, the story you talk about selling with stories, right? Well, the story of that vehicle makes it more valuable to my customer. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons that it's one of the selling points or the values of servicing in a dealership, yeah. right? Is that every time you service at a dealership, it's going to reflect on the Carfax, and you know the. If I've got two vehicles, same year, same make, same miles, you know, roughly same condition, and this one was serviced at the dealership, and I can show the potential buyer when it was bought and every and time every it was serviced, service, yeah. right on track at a dealership, and this other one, well, yeah, the guy had a stack of receipts in his glove compartment from where he, you know, <laughs> bought oil and changed it himself or whatever, but that isn't as strong as saying this one was maintained at a dealership, right? So that is going to provide you value in servicing here at the dealership. So yeah, to be able to flip that and say. Sir, you've been a loyal customer. You've serviced your vehicle here. That provides more value. I see more value in your vehicle than somebody who just comes in who I've never done any business with that Absolutely. doesn't service at a dealership. Absolutely, which which means that no matter what the book says, no matter, you know, if you ask five dealers, you're going to get five different ranges on a value for your car, Mr. Customer. But what I know is the story behind the car. I know you bought it here. I know you serviced it here. Right. Or whatever. So I'm willing to give you more. Right. Not only do I want to maintain our VIP relationship. Yeah. But, you know, because you've done business here before. Right. But also because. I'm give it, you your loyalty discount. Yeah, but also because I can sell it for more because you've been that way. Right. So, and I'm not just going to give you what every other dealer is going to, you know, look at the book value. Right. And then I'm going to keep all that extra profit because I have the story? No. no. I'm going to help you out because you're a loyal customer. No. I'm not greedy. Come on. I'm not going to keep all that extra profit. Sir, I thought we Jeez. were friends. What if you heard about car dealers? You know what? <laughs> Let me apologize. I know that others in the industry have created this reputation for us, and let me apologize right. for that. Oh, we, we have to fight. We have to combat that every day, and that's what I'm here to do. So, Ray, get your little wheels turning. <laughs> what, what a condescending way to say that. 
Why are, they, why are they little wheels? I don't know. Because you're a big guy. Oh, you're I thought man, you small brain, you know. There's Get a those. little contraption up there. <laughs> yeah. say, yeah. A little mouse could turn the handle. Right, yeah. yeah. Right, get those huge... Uh, get, solid. Those, get those couple functioning brain cells you have left <laughs> wrapped around this concept. Go. Ready? Get those micro-machine stainless steel uh, confident ready. wheels turning on this topic. Go. What would, what would be reasons that you would think of to convince a customer that coming into the dealership to look at trade and look at numbers is better for them than us just emailing them a worksheet. Well, my automatic go-to is, you know, sir, with 15 minutes of your time, I can give you the exact number, right? I mean, that's that's just typically, you know, hey, I could certainly shoot your range, and if that's what you're looking for, I'm happy to do that. However, if you have 15 minutes, I would be more than happy to set up an appointment for my used car manager to take a look at your vehicle and give you that exact number, not only that we provide you in trade value, but we stroke you a check for Yeah, I right? love it. Yeah. So. I love to write you a check. Nobody yeah. uses that. I think it's so powerful. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm doing a, I was doing a training, and it, we actually started making some phone calls in, in front of a whole group of trainees. And I called a girl to ask her. She had a Nissan Rogue. I remember it well. And I called her up and said, hey, I was just wondering if you saw that Nissan Rogue. And she said, yeah. And I said, great. And I go, you know what? Right now, we are in the market for you know, small to mid-size SUVs, just like yours. And because of that, we can go to the high end, if not well above market value on Nissan Rogues. Would you be interested in selling us your well, vehicle? I, I'm happy you know that campaign script. When do we get to the check part? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, well, at least you're still with me. You haven't like dazed off and started, you know, writing I mean, I notes. And that story changing. was almost long enough that I dazed off, dozed off, took a nap, came back and thought, has he even gotten to the point about writing a check yet? So the girl said, yes, that sounds great. I would love to sell you my vehicle, but I have a problem. And I said, really? What's the problem? And she said, Yo, well, you got a problem? Let me solve it. And she said, my problem is if, if I sell you my vehicle, I'm going to need another vehicle like right then. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know what? Crazy me, we could sell you one. And she goes, oh, really? And I said, absolutely. And she goes, oh, yeah, then definitely I'll be in. But I thought it was and so that's crazy. you said, we can write you a check. No, but I was, <laughs> I was indicating that we wanted to buy her vehicle yeah. and never mentioned the fact that we were interested in her trading it in. Well, yeah, I mean, she took the call as, you want my vehicle. Right. And she took it as, well, it's the only vehicle I have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. So, yeah. Long story short, as they say, John. Too late, right? So. <laughs> Check out the beat while my DJ revolves it. <laughs> oh, good. We're going there. You got a problem? Yo, I'll solve it. <laughs> I love when you break into rhyme. You like uh, when I quote 80s rap music? I do, yeah. Or, or the... Uh, when you took off on the, what's her, uh, Carol Baskin <laughs> the other day. <laughs> you know my favorite lately. Oh, yeah, but I don't think you can do it on here. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a clean version. It's called Move, Dude. Get, Get out the way. way. <laughs> Get out the way. And you, I mean, that song is what? From the 80s. I had and just... And you just have 
come to know that song. I just heard it like a You were surprised ago. that I knew that song. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was like five years old. Yeah, oh God, no. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's a ludicrous. He was, oh, he was born in the 80s, but he recorded that song in the 80s. He wasn't born in the 80s. Is he not? Luda's getting old, man. He was in uh, Bust of the Fast and Furious. How long have those been around? Since the 60s, at least. <laughs> Luda! Luda? Ludacris. Are you talking about Luna? Are you thinking of Luca? God, you're so out of touch. Little red balloons. You're so out of touch. Love balloons. (laughs) Isn't that uh, Luca? That's all right, brother. Are you talking about Luca Brazzi? He swims with the fishes. Oh, take the gun. Leave the cannoli. No, it's the other way around. (laughs) Take the gun. Leave leave the the cannoli. Take the cannoli. Leave the gun. Yeah. Leave the gun, Luca. Take the cannoli. I don't even, even right, think so Luca was in that. What's next scene. on your bag of tricks there? Your list of stuff. Well, I had... Stomp me. Go ahead. Bring it. Well, this is totally, I mean, kind of irrelevant right now. But as you were telling that long story, <laughs> a thought came to mind that you, that you could have used in that story is as you've seen. Right? I, like I, I love seen. when people, you know... Give me an exact figure. Well, sir, you know, I'm sure you've done your homework. I'm sure you've seen values, you know, top to bottom. And I I could do the same thing. I could give you a range of values like as you've probably already seen. Right. I love the the whole as you've seen word track because it it infers intelligence on the other person and nobody's going to deny their own intelligence. (laughs) As you know. Yeah. Right? As you know, the range of value is, as yeah. you've seen, this is how people do it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had that one written down when, when you were doing your uh, whole, the Iliad and the Odyssey over there. Yeah, I can't wait for us to go back and listen to it because it really wasn't that long, John. You just have such a short attention span. I remember I said this, like, when was it, Monday, yesterday, when we recorded? Yeah. And then I went back and listened to Monday's episode. You were literally, that story took, like, 50 seconds. Right. And I accused it of being 17 minutes. <laughs> right. No, you like, 30. You, accused it of, you, you said we, we should have taken a break in the middle, right? Like, pause for a... Commercial, commercial break. break. It was literally fifty seconds, five zero. Yeah, bro, I was on that juice, man. I it, was jacked up. Yeah, that juice it gets you rolling. Woo! It's like one of the regular word tracks that we would use is, you know, hey, I've seen them go as much as three to four thousand dollars over KBB or NADA over or book, book value, value over clean right. book. Yeah. I've seen them go as high as fill in the number, right? I, maybe not over three, but. What does the customer hear? No, but if you're talking numbers and it's 10 to 12, hey, I've seen them go as high as 15 on cars like this. Right. I mean, they were they were Porsches instead of Nissans, right. but they were cars like but this. But as high as is kind of along the lines as, you know, as you've seen or, you know, or uh, what's the other one that you just said? Oh, I know where I was going to go with that, Ray, is we had moved on, you know, kind of in the conversation to, uh, you know, the customer says... Okay, thanks for the values, thanks for the numbers, but I don't really think I want to come down. Oh, ouch. Well, <laughs> well I mean... Sure, I didn't know we were getting personal here. I, yeah. <laughs> no, just, just that, you know, I'm not yet ready to come into the dealership. And, I, you know, I asked you, what were your thoughts on uh, making a case for it benefiting the customer to come to the dealership. Right. So I just thought we surely have more ideas along those lines. So I wanted to kind of go down that road. Okay. Why don't you go? Um, 
Yeah, so the first one of those is time. It, it, it It's going to save the... I don't care who you are, what kind of culture your dealership has, whether you're Brian Benstock, you know, up north and been doing online retailing forever, or you just started and you're in Talladega, Alabama. What, right. You know, Talladega, I hear they call it. <laughs> Talladega. Had an account down there in Talladega one time. But no, it, you're going to be able to get the customer information quicker if they were sta- sitting there in front of you. Absolutely. The other thing that it accomplishes for the customer is to get the highest value possible. Because if we're there working a deal and, and the sales manager is involved and he sees, okay, you know, I've got four on the board today or I've got 16 on the board today, but I sure would like to have one more. Right. You know, I'm not going to let this guy walk and go to another dealership over $400. I'm going to put that extra $400 in the trade. Yeah. So, you know, there is truth to that, that if you're in person, you know, although you and I have heard people saying, oh, you can't say your presence is your leverage anymore. Right. Okay. Maybe you don't want to say it that way. Right. But between you and I. Yeah. You, but you, the listener, we're inferring and, and, that without that, saying. I'm just saying it's a fact. It, absolutely, it is a fact. <laughs> but that the, a sales manager is going to put more in a car uh, if they're working a deal face to face right now than if you got some mind deal with a guy on the phone. Right. It's just human nature. And Whether to you got that fact to the customer is not a bad thing. Yeah. Well, and, and here's how I would address that, yeah. right? Is, you know, Mr. Customer, we had a meeting this morning with the sales managers who told us all, we are taking all deals, right? That, you know, right now we really want to see some, we need some sales. We need to sell one more so you need to buy one. So because of that, I know right now my manager is really incentivized to provide whatever deal he needs to in order to make this deal happen. Yeah. So it's going to save you time and it's going to get you the best deal possible. Right. Save you money. Boom. Two reasons that, you know, it's in your best interest to come down and see me as Absolutely. quickly as you can. What are you doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, along those lines of, uh, my, we have to put a deal together today. I was in a sales meeting, you know, but right. we, we'll put, we'll take any and all reasonable yeah. offers, blah, blah, blah. Even coming out of a record May, yeah. let me put this little thought in dealers' heads or in sales managers' heads is, do you think in June you're going to be able to go back and do the same as you did June of last year? Right. After you just had a tremendous May year over year? Right. You we, think the dealer's going to go, oh, well, that was a fluke. We had a great May, but probably June will be just like it was and, last year. And historically, having worked at dealerships and been consultant to dealerships, you have a big month. It's pretty common that the next month you're is You're going to have a good month? Oh, yeah. you're going to have a bad month? No, yeah. That you uh, don't follow. I mean, okay, maybe you well, don't say that and have two in a row. Don't say that. But I, if I'm a dealer, I'm going, hey, we just had a record May. I assume we're going to have a record June because right? nothing's oh, no. changed between two days ago. Every dealer is having that conversation with his management <laughs> team going, hey, you guys killed it in May. Let's keep that ball rolling, right? right. right? Why I mean, Why can't we do that in June? Right. right? I mean, nothing yeah, much so. has changed between Saturday and Tuesday. No. So. And, and we know that we're going to have to work harder, is my point, 
to make June a record month because May. I See, think, I wouldn't even say it that way. No, I'm saying it. I'm not saying that's the way it should be distributed amongst the dealership. But the reality of the situation is, May, I think people have been locked down for two solid months. You think they rushed out to buy a car? I think they just were just ready to go do. Yeah. The people that didn't buy in March and April came out in May in record numbers to buy that yes. car. They, yeah. yeah, that's my point. And and that's why, you know, that what? every across the board That's why you're not a sales manager for me, Ray. I'm not taking that bullshit. Well and and here, <laughs> I want a record at, June. At Higgins Ford, right. No. So but no, I'm not gonna sacrifice June. I'm not coming up with a reason why June won't be I just mean we're gonna have to work harder in June than we did in May. In May it was easy pickings. Right now in June, I think people were just itching. They had done their legwork, they had done their homework, and they were just ready to go. I don't know. Move forward. I think this is the new normal. They, uh, you and your new normal. We're going to have a new normal. June's going to be a record month. July's going to be a record month. Yeah, from here on out, it's straight up, baby. It's a new normal. Baby. Hockey stick. <laughs> those those numbers from last year. Yeah, that's when we were last year's dealership. Right. But now we figured it out. This now we got the it. right people in place. Now we got the right training. Well, now we're going to be number one every month. Well, and really, it was calculated by OEMs, right? I mean, I'm sure that zero percent financing for 84 months and the like <laughs> certainly encouraged some people who were on the fence to go. Let me tell Damn. you, when I buy a car in July. I'm going to kick myself for not buying a car in May. Right. When I can get zero for 84. I know. That's what people are thinking. Right? So, we got to get to it. And thank you for listening. (laughs) So, that does. I think I hear the music. That brings us to the end of another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. It's my favorite day of the year, Ray. Every time you say it. Every time. Every day of the week. Happy Saturday, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. No, Ray, it's just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. So just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. You've got it. Great. <laughs>